Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for making time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of you to get one step closer to your highest version of yourself today. Today, our guest is the amazing Kate Haney. She is the executive director of Satori Wellness, which is the cannabis dispensary in McKinleyville. She holds a business administration master's from HSU. She's had a long life passion for this plant called the cannabis plant and its healing properties. Today, we're going to talk to her more about that and how she's using this to channel healing for our community. Hi, Kate. Hi, Dr. Pepper. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you so much for taking time. I know that you're a very busy woman, and I appreciate you for being here first off. Princess Leia. Is that what this is? Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) They are so cute. Okay, so Kate came in with these little tied up buns. I don't know how long your hair really is, Mm -hmm. but they're they're in braids. Obviously, they're ponytails in braids, and then they're tied up like Princess Leia. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice that? Oh, I love it. I love it. We have a lot to talk about today, and I'd like to start by just having you tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing in our community. And then we're going to just dive right in because I have a million questions for you, Kate. Okay. Um, I am managing a dispensary that's open for recreational and medical use. And uh, we've seen all walks of life come through. Um, It's sparked a lot of interest to me uh, in terms of the demographics of who our consumers are. And uh, we get um, all walks of life from people who are first-time users to elderly that are seeking pain relief to uh, people who are looking for alternatives to big pharma and find solutions for their own personal well-being. And so I'm here to help facilitate that. Wow, you have quite a job. So what is it that you're actually doing at the dispensary? Tell me from beginning to end kind of, I mean, because you have a lot of jobs, I'm sure. Yes. But what is it that you're doing there? Do people, can they come in to actually see you? Are you kind of behind the scenes? What's going on? I'm more behind the scenes. Um, I'm there to uh, manage the staff. And so we have a staff now of uh, close to 20 from bud tenders to uh, security guards to drivers now because we're doing local delivery. And so, um, you know, it's a it's a happy team and we got to make sure that the store is open for business with everybody uh, staffed in their position every day. <laughs> wow, this is a huge operation yes, that's going on. Tell those listeners who may not know, who are not as cannabis savvy, what is a bud tender? A bud tender is somebody who dispenses the cannabis to you. Um, They are there to answer questions you might have, to uh, recommend products. Um, They're not there to necessarily guarantee anything in any sort of way. They're just trying to help you find the best 
method of consumption for your personal needs. We're trying to provide a service in addition to a product. And that service that we are providing is the knowledgeable administration of of knowing um, how to apply these products and, you know, the safest manner possible. So they are specifically educated on the products that you have in your dispensary. Yes, we do vendor days to help actually educate the community as well as our staff. Uh, we have team meetings, meet with the vendors to go over how to sell their products properly. And so, yeah, there's a I lot love going this. on. We need to get together on a whole nother level and talk about this because I have that cannabis therapy consultant mm-hmm. program where I educate people yeah. to be able to really be there, you know, there for someone who's going through a process and they do practicums and whatnot. But I'd love to get with you and see what we can kind of mix up on a whole nother level. That yeah. sounds like fun. Okay, you're talking about delivery service. <laughs> Tell me about that. So someone... In our state, you know, in the state of California, we're pretty much able to use it anytime, any place. Anyone could be calling you and just saying, hey, bring me some weed, or how does that work? We're doing local delivery within 10 miles. So, oh, okay, um, okay, so this okay. is local, and yes, somebody can call, and our driver will verify their age and uh, identity and make sure that uh, the person who placed the order is the person who's receiving the order, and uh, that way they can get their I medication. It, it's really helpful for people who are definitely sick and immobile and can't get to where they need to get to in time. And it's also helping with the working class, getting, knowing when uh, something's in stock, we have a real live menu. And so you can go online and see this menu and know that we have that product in stock and you can order it then and not risk the chance of it not being there when you got off work later that day or if we had a, a low stock. So this is super professional. It's not like the moment you said that I was thinking, oh, there's some person, a college student just laying on the couch, just didn't want to get up and go get their cannabis. You're talking about people who they cannot drive, say someone who has epilepsy or diagnosed with epilepsy or someone who cannot physically get out of their home. We're talking about more on that level. Is that who you're delivering mostly to? Correct. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's not to be said that there's not the lazy person who doesn't want to get up off the couch to bring safe access to people. And that, you know, that's one form of safe access. If people have conditions or uh, obstacles in the way of getting to a dispensary, we're there to provide that service for them. I love this. I think that you're amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing. And, you know, having the dispensary in McKinleyville, this is fairly new. I mean, only within a few years, right? How long Uh, have you been there? We've been there since March 1st. Oh, I feel... I feel like you've been so saturated. I've seen your name so many places that I feel like you've been there for years. But just this year, yes. then, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you've done a very good job in marketing. Thanks. I'm wondering how you, Kate, actually got into doing this particular thing. Now, of course, you were in HSU. You were doing the business administration, which just makes sense to go into cannabis because you're here and you've got a business degree. I mean, that those obviously work really well together. Your deeper passion of like, how you were connected to cannabis before, you know, before the dispensary. Like, tell me a little bit about that, if you would like. I guess my youth, uh, I started experimenting, you know, while I was young. It felt wrong at first because I was told that it's this is a bad drug. In my teenage years, I guess I saw my first High Times magazine where I saw this plant being portrayed as something beautiful where there's information surrounding it. Ever since I realized that, I've been on a personal mission to find and seek that out in my life. I moved to Humboldt County in 2001, and I've, I've seen every aspect of the industry. I've 
partook in many aspects of the industry and uh, I learned a lot and that I also uh, at the same time was getting a master's degree in business at HSU like you said and um, I wanted to combine the two and I thought what what a great time for this to happen where we're living in this economy where where you can actually take a business degree and apply it to the cannabis world and so it just seemed like the perfect molding and quantum alignment came into play and yeah. uh, you know it, it's not really um one one decision I made it's the sum of all parts here we are <laughs> yeah so tell me a little bit about besides the business aspect and you being the executive director here and running the show I'm mm-hmm. sure there are other people that are helping you mm-hmm. but besides doing that how does cannabis work with you in an interpersonal level do you use cannabis or have you used it in the past for healing aspects whether it be mental physical spiritual emotional or is there someone in your family that you've used it with mm-hmm. yes um, it, it's been a part of my life and I always felt it was for medical reasons just to calm the anxieties of every day um for whatever reasons, if it's, you know, help, it's, I've found it helping personally with physical issues that I've had along the way, pain relief as an alternative to me uh, seeking something, you know, harder in terms of pharmaceuticals that really make me sleepy and drag me down and make me feel not productive. People have that kind of tendency to think that smoking cannabis is going to make you lazy or non-productive. And I have found the opposite in my life. I've been very non-productive without cannabis. And for some reason, when I have Um, added cannabis to my personal use, I have found myself to be very productive. So, um, so then I moved later on into my life and I had children. Now I have um, a family member close to me who is experiencing symptoms of autism. And I have seen firsthand the effects of CBD work on that uh, individual where, you know, they might be having a full on panic attack or episode and the CBD within minutes of taking it, I've seen that calm their their mind, calm their senses, calm their body, taking it firsthand as something that I've seen help myself, but now I can apply it to see that help somebody else in their life and see how that helps. I've learned to respect cannabis plant as not something purely recreational or for my own purposes, but that I want to get this knowledge and plant out there to as many people as I can, because I really do think it can help. Um, with many problems that we're facing and that we're not treating in the appropriate manners. I 100% agree with you. Obviously, that's why I'm (laughs) on the life path that I am too. There needs to be more people who stand up to say these things. And I Mm -hmm. think we've been doing it for quite some time, so it's kind of common, right? Mm -hmm. But there are still other parts of the country that have not even been open to this Mm -hmm. type of information. That's where it gets exciting, the listeners will be hearing this at different times. And when we're recording this right now, Canada just legalized it for the whole entire country, which is amazing. And there was a statement that I read because I I geek out on everything, right? (laughs) There is a statement that I just read that cannabis was the gateway. It is definitely a gateway back to your reality from synthetics and pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. and I just resonate with that so high because I work with patients and helping them shift from obviously they're working with their prescribing physicians not just their primary care but their prescribing physicians on helping them get off of those while also taking a cannabis and you know working with epilepsy and autism and anxiety and stress disorders and cancer I mean there's Across the board, there's so many things that cannabis helps with in different ways. 
So let's move into that really quickly because I want to ask you some dispensaries. And you say that you lived in Colorado before yes, I did. we got on the when I was there? Okay. I recently, this summer, I mean, I've lived every summer in Colorado for as long as I can remember because that's where my family goes to vacation. They have a cabin there, blah, blah, blah. And this summer I went and looked at many dispensaries and not all dispensaries are created equal is what I have been finding. Yes. And, you know, going to all of the dispensaries that we have here locally, we have some amazing dispensaries. Oh, yes, we do. Like, we're really, really lucky. And going back to Colorado, I think I was really let down mm-hmm. by the type of dispensaries that were going on there. A lot of them were dispensaries that were, you know, edibles. They were high-end edibles and tinctures and vape pens and things like that. And I think there's a use for all of those mm-hmm. for certain. But I think giving the consumer the option across the board of everything is really where it's at. And mm-hmm. if you have those particular things like edibles and tinctures and whatnot, having them organic and having them healthy and having them local, I think that's where, and I want to clarify this, I think that's where I was kind of upset mm-hmm. or let down was because they were filled with different colors and they were from different parts of the country and they were synthetics from all over the world. And I think I was just really yeah, disappointed that I keep using that word because mm-hmm. I think that I truly was. And my brother, who was a grower here for five years, who just recently moved back to our home state because it was legalized, it's legalized there, and he's helping others, a consultant, a cannabis consultant, helping others to really help them open their dispensaries and get this education information into them of not just purchasing. Like, it's like a, it reminds me of like a gas station. Mm-hmm. Like, with like, like, have you done, have you gone to the dispensaries? Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I do know what you're talking They're like, about. like, you know, pop Very rocks gimmicky. and stuff like that. Yes, mm-hmm. gimmicky is the word. And so tell me how yours differs from that because I know it's different and it's mm-hmm. huge difference, but we just need to educate people who are wanting to open dispensaries on how to do that. Right. Well, there's a whole culture associated with Satori and uh, that has been there um, before I came into the picture, but it's about having a culture and having, um, as a consumer who walks in, what do I want them to see? I want them to see Humboldt County, a picture of Humboldt County, but maybe they've never been to California before either. So I want them to see a general picture of California. I want them to pick up accents from Sonoma County and Mendocino County and the richnesses of these areas that bring to the cannabis world conundrum of high end uh, tastes. And yeah. so, <laughs> um, Boutique-y yes. type of, yeah. so uh, we want to bring that to the table. And, and that's really what I'm trying to do is, is have people experience Humboldt County, have them on a small scale experience California, like they in a way have a, a mindset as to what their expectation of that is. And with that, there will be many across the board. Um, you're going to see brands, corporations come into place, things that are really seem short-term in the long run in the sense that they're not providing the whole spectrum of what you want to see available. You know, they might be going off of a study that came out in Colorado that said 85% of everything sold in Colorado was not flour. It was everything else. And, and so we're going to have, you know, many brands and businesses try to rise to the occasion over uh, the next 
decade, two decades, three decades, but what I feel is that the cream always rises to the top. And so there's going to be room in the market to compete with Anheuser-Busch and Corona and these bigger industries um, because they're not using the high-end ingredients. They're not using the best farming practices. They're not using um, locally produced or distributed products to make their uh, whole equation run more economically feasibly. With that being said, I want two things before we go to break, Mm -hmm. because I'm just fascinated by you and what you're doing and how you set something up (laughs) like that. First thing is I want you to visually walk us through your store and tell mm-hmm. the listeners who may not be able to make it to McKinleyville, mm-hmm. who's living in you know Fiji or wherever, what your store looks like and how you've gone about putting those pieces together. Because obviously it takes a lot. You're not just mm-hmm. throwing something together. And two, is there a particular standard for what you're bringing in of of course there is but is there a particular standard of product that you're bringing in because there's a there's a reason to have a a concentrate Mm -hmm. 100 percent. there's a reason to have many of them ones that are higher in thc ones that are higher in cbd absolutely because as a physician i'm going to ask them to go to your store to get that exact same thing there's a reason to have a a handful of tinctures Mm -hmm. there is a reason to have a ton of flour there's a reason for all of this and so i'm wondering to you what standards do you guys set because some dispensaries don't really have anything mm-hmm. in place like that. They're just excited Correct. about getting products mm-hmm. into their stores. Yeah, it's it's a network between myself and the owner and the buyer where um, we are taking into consideration, um, is this a product that you can find in every dispensary across the state because we don't want to carry that kind of product. We are a boutique higher-end uh, establishment, and we want to have products that create that environment. Um, so we're not looking for products that are you can find in every dispensary. Even in Humboldt County, it's hard to not overlap all the same products with all the other dispensaries, especially when you want to carry local products. So maybe um, working with distributors to carry some of the line here and ha- let the other dispensary carry some of the line there, or let them have that brand and we'll take in a substitute brand or vice versa. Uh, we don't want the experience to be the same everywhere you go. But we all want to honor and respect those Humboldt County producers and suppliers to carry their product. You know, a lot of testing comes into play. Uh, We're take a pre-roll, for example. Not only do we test sample that pre-roll, but we cut it open, we weigh it, we make sure, is it bud, is it stems, is it seeds, what's the consumer going to see? So we're very, um, you know, dissective in that sense of not only how does this feel and taste and look, but what is the consumer going to see when they break open this product and things like that? So you guys sit in the back and like smoke? No, no, no. (laughs) Just wondering. Just wondering. We get samples here all the time. Well, we're governed by the Board of Cannabis Control. It's a little bit different. It's probably a little different. We have a severe regulatory framework that we're operating under. So there's no on-site consumption right now. That that could change as county regulations open up. Just for fun. I thought I'd throw that out there. You have extreme standards that you set yourself up to, obviously, in many different ways. When a consumer is coming into the store, what does that look like for the consumer? Can you just paint a picture of what a walkthrough would look Mm -hmm. like for someone? So they will come in and there will be a receptionist person that they will hand over their identification to and they will agree to our uh, rules and conditions that they're not going to bring weapons to the dispensary, that they're not going to share cannabis out in the parking lot, things like that um, that are pretty much generally understood and accepted principles and practice of it. 
going to a dispensary. Um, nothing is, is sent to any state agencies or anything. It's all just kept internally to help us serve people better. So we keep you know, their profile in our system, and then we can attach their previous sales to that, which makes it so that our, our bud tenders can use that knowledge to create a better purchasing experience. Then once they are in our system, they can go into the dispensary area, which is a separate room. In the separate room, the intake person is making sure that their ID is valid, that they're over 21, and if they're 18 to 20, that they have a a recommendation. Um, If someone is under the age of 18, they can send a caretaker in to do purchasing on their behalf. And so there's, you know, a lot of room for making sure everybody gets their needs met. So then they will go into the dispensary and they will be met with a bud tender who will then help them service their needs by explaining products, going over any questions they might have. Some people just want to get in and out as quickly as possible. They know what they want. Uh, We're there to make that happen. But other people need to take a lot of time and make sure that what they're doing is the best method for them. Because, you know, there might not be one answer. There might be many solutions that we want to go over those variable solutions and find the best one for that person. I think I'd like to ask you this one before we take that break that I was speaking of. (laughs) You were talking earlier about how some of the classes for the bud tenders, educating those bud tenders who then educate, you know, your consumers, being able to also maybe contribute to the community and educating them as well. Can you talk a little bit about that, even though the idea of what Mm -hmm. that's going to look like or something that's already happened? We have, um, sometimes we'll have a vendor come in and set up a table inside the dispensary. And so they're there for a couple hours to answer any questions. We'll put it on social media that, hey, this brand is going to be here from 3 to 6 p.m. today. Come on out, ask some questions. We'll offer you a discount possibly on that product that they're selling. And so it's it's a way for them to promote their own sales and offer a discount to customers so that uh, their product gets a little bit more out there, as well as have a representative on staff from their brand to make sure that the information is being portrayed accurately. And during that time, our bud tenders can take up any personal knowledge they'd like to with that specific person. And that's when they really get to dig a lot deeper than just what myself and my assistant manager are telling the staff on our monthly meetings. Um, Having that person there really creates a relationship. It puts a face to the product. And it's really nice for the customers to see that as well, because they're seeing this isn't just a, a brand. This is something I can associate and ask questions and actually get to meet the person. I love this idea. I think that more people need to be doing stuff like that. I mean, because mm-hmm. we set up little demos, the wild berries, you see demos all the time for exactly. things and you can ask the maker. It's important to know our farmers, the people who are making our medicine, especially when it has to do with cannabis, having that hands-on approach, a feeling of control in some way, because then you get to choose as right. the consumer. Well, I thank you for answering all of my quick little questions. We're going to take a short break to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. And then we'll be back to ask Kate a few more questions. Ever dream of becoming a cannabis therapy consultant or learning more on how cannabis heals? 
For a deeper understanding of your own body and mind connection using sacred medicine, take time to dive into classes anytime, anywhere with a new online program. For more information, connect on drpepperhernandez.com. This is a 10-month program, one class a month. The Cannabis Holistic Institute provides the most potent teachers Humboldt County has to offer. Students have access to Google Classrooms for downloadable handouts, charts, PowerPoint presentations, and more. Also, a live streaming on Facebook, bonus pop-up classes, gifted info, and edited videos available on YouTube. Classes from History of Cannabis, The Biology of Cannabis, Specific Strains and Effects, Cannabis Healing Properties, Juicing, Edibles, and Tinctures, Cultivation and Production, Cannabis Medicine Making, Women in Cannabis Conference, Legalities and Legislations, The Cannabis Business, and more. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning back in with us. During the break, Kate and I were talking about something that I find extremely fascinating. Kate, do you want to tell us about the author and the study that you were talking to me about? Yes, this is a study by Rhett Smith, and it's called The Effects of Medical Marijuana Dispensaries on Adverse Opioid Outcomes. And what they did was they took data from facilities that people were going to for rehabs. They took um, data from doctors. They took basically compiled all this data and ran statistics on it and found that when a dispensary opens in a community, there's a 19% reduction in opioid use on average. That's incredible. Yes. And seeing that Humboldt County has very high opioid use, it may be, I suspect the number is even greater here. Yeah, I would say in areas where it's maybe saturated with that Mm -hmm. type of use, if those numbers wouldn't increase. Yeah. Shed light on having more dispensaries in particular areas. I In the state of Oklahoma, which is where I was born and raised, there are a lot of cannabis therapy consultants who are taking my program. The state just legalized cannabis. And there are a lot of dispensaries being open. I think there are a lot of communities that are kind of like old farmer communities, farmers of corn Mm -hmm. and wheat, that are just not liking the idea of dispensaries being in their location. And they need to be aware. They need to be educated that which are drugs and which are not drugs. Yes. Because cannabis is not a drug. Mm-hmm. Cannabis is, like what we were talking about earlier, a gateway to your reality, real life. I mean, it's like lettuce. It's like, right. you know, it's it's not a drug. Well, and there's a huge age bracket of people who believe that synthetic drugs, if it was given to you, it's a white pill of chalk form, and it was given to you by a male or a female in a particular lab coat, that is fine. Yes. It just doesn't make sense to me right it never has right but what do you think about all of that it's just open discussion the federal government has made it so confusing because we we are in this era now where we want to be looking at it from a medical standpoint and they're still not allowing that to happen entirely and so until it becomes mainstream it's going to be met with so much opposition change is always met with opposition so here we have this time frame where it's going to take 
you know, like you said, you went to Colorado and you probably saw many dispensaries. And what I noticed about Colorado is there's probably more dispensaries than I thought I would see. I, it was a very oversaturated market is what it seemed like, but that's, what's going to make it mainstream. And unfortunately, um, there's a, a, if you're against it, there's an eyesore associated with that is that you don't want it in your backyard. Um, so people have to, uh, be seeing it from a different light. We have to get to a point where doctors can talk to their patients about it. We have to get to a point where even vets can talk to their patients about their pets taking it because right now a veterinarian's license can be taken away just by talking to your pet owners about CBD products. And things this are is changing so quick. I didn't mean to yes. interrupt you, mm-hmm. but things are changing so quickly. By the time, you know, a listener hears this, all mm-hmm. of the, I, I feel like cannabis is mainstream. Mm-hmm. But maybe not in Oklahoma, for this example. Yes. Right, right, right. I think there it's going to be very soon. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of time. Yes. You know, and what it also takes is lawmakers, you know, we have to change politics in a sense, is that we have these old people with this old way of thinking affecting our way of life. What we need to do is change the politics of it. We have to get forward thinking people in positions that can enhance our well-being and our livelihood. We can't let these political positions go to people in power who are stopping this from happening because they are being funded by Big Pharma or for the wrong reasons are, are against it. Um, even if you're against it, you you have to tolerate it in some way. You know, I might be against big pharma, but in certain instances where nothing else can help, those medications are necessary. And for people who are against cannabis, they need to view it in the same light that it may not be for them, but for the people who need it, they have to have access to it. Absolutely. I will say this. What about Maritol? What about all of these pharmaceutical drugs that have been modeled from this natural plant? By the way, like all pharmaceutical drugs at one point in time were modeled from a natural plant, like valerian, right? Valiums, these things that people pop all the time that, you know, completely destroy their gallbladder and their liver this actually is from the valerian plant Mm -hmm. and we have maritol and there's there's a handful of other ones Mm -hmm. that have been you know composed from cannabinoids synthetic Mm -hmm. cannabinoids and it's just like okay now wait there are so many oppositions here like you're saying it's wrong but yet you've already patented a drug Mm -hmm. that is basically the sister yeah. you know it just doesn't make any sense right so i think that we should just like wash all of it recognize right. cannabis as medicine uh-huh. and move forward yeah. and in moving you know? forward i mean canada since legalization they've already sent their first batch down to california for medical testing so why are we testing on behalf of other countries so when weird. we don't let our own country test it for medical so reasons weird. So we have to we have to get over that obstacle and move forward and making it a normal process. Uh, when you come to Satori Wellness, it, it normalizes it in a sense. There's um, sales tax on it. There, it's a very real everyday occurrence, and so um, and it's not people just coming in recreationally using. These are people. These are mothers. These are you know blue collar workers that you know work with their bodies all day long that need relief. Patients across all all walks of life, and so happy to be there for a recreational reason. But really, why I'm there for the medical side of it. And that's what I was going to ask you is what most people are coming into the dispensary for. And Mm -hmm. and you kind of answered it. Is there any other big grouping that you notice? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for the everyday purpose, a lot of people need help uh, sleeping. A lot of people need pain relief. Um, A lot of people want 
to find relief in a way where there's no psychoactive effects involved. Yeah. And, and that's where um, balms and topicals and things come into play. Every day, new products are entering the market. And what a great time to be experimenting with cannabis, whether it's for the first time or for the hundredth time, where you get to try new products all the time and um, see which ones work best for you and really become enlightened in that sense that you're on the forefront of this industry and nobody can really take that away right now because it's just speedballing uh, in a forward-moving motion. Uh, we're also treating people with epilepsy and autism and these neurological problems that the other medicine that they provide for that in the pharma world have very debilitating side effects, some we may not even know about. And what really scares me about big pharma is when you cross over different medicines, we don't really know the effects of what those things are. For most people, you know, we get thank you cards from community members of all walks of life, uh, thanking us for listening to their concerns and providing products and relief from anything you can imagine from anxiety to curbing alcoholism to stress. And so it's really all across the board. That's wonderful. I bet that is so fulfilling mm -hmm. for your life purpose, being in connection with the community and being of support with community. What is your life purpose? <laughs> I meant to ask you that. I don't have a, a definitive answer. As long as I'm a part of something that I resonate with, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Uh, once I can balance all facets of life and be working towards something, I, I think then maybe I'll have met my life purpose. Right now, it, it's having a great idea that, you know, for example, I decided to start a cannabis packaging waste recycling program at Satori Wellness, and I didn't quite know what I was going to do with all the waste. I just wanted to come in and see how it could be repurposed and which, way, which direction it could go. And a community member came to us to see what we were doing with our number five plastic recyclings, which is our pop tops and our dube tubes that the cannabis is sold in. And so people bring those back and we're able to donate them to her and she turns it into artifacts, including buttons, jewelry, earrings, necklaces, and now we sell that jewelry in our store. So it's really cool to see how, you know, one small thing change in the community can lead to this whole, you know, Pandora's box. It's so true. And one small thing in a community can totally shift and change everything. I'm so glad that you're doing that because as soon as I found out that was part mm -hmm. of how this cannabis culture was starting to go or the direction it was starting mm -hmm. to go, I just couldn't believe it. I didn't understand mm -hmm. the reasoning behind it of everything being so packaged in that way. Of course, I get it, you know, mm -hmm. like sanitation and whatnot. But still, oh, mm -hmm. it just it just ills me to to know. I guess there is good and bad of cannabis being becoming mainstream. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, mm -hmm. and we have to take some of that, I suppose. Moving forward from that, because we've talked about a lot of juicy things today. I mm -hmm. really appreciate it. On our show, we typically talk with people about their rituals, their rituals, their habits, what they do for themselves, what they suggest other people to do. And so I'm going to ask you, Kate, mm -hmm. the things that you do for yourself, because you're, you're a mother, yes. right? And how many children do you have? Two. Oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about them. Okay, so you're a mother yes. and you work and you probably are a mother to a lot of people on your staff, whether you know it or not, you're probably taking care of a lot of people in a really big way. How do you take care of yourself? Oh, it's hard. Um, lately, <laughs> one I've, lately, I've made an arrangement with my husband where I get one morning a week where I go to the gym and I don't have to be responsible for getting my kids to school and oh, I just take that time and great. 
um, hang out with a group of women and, you know, uh, make that time for myself. So that's really important, whether it's a half hour or, you know, that's really, I don't get to make very much time for myself, but if I can make it a half hour to an hour to myself once a week, then that's a good start for me because it's been a long time since I've made time for myself. So I'm I'm starting with that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Everyone has their things. Someone has, uh, or some people have overly saturated Mm self-care for you. It sounds like that's what you have. Do you have any daily rituals, even with the children and the husband and all of the work that you do for yourself? A nice lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So you make good food for yourself. You take a nice little lunch break. That's great. If you were to give a nourishing self-care recipe to a listener, someone Mm -hmm. who's listening, someone who may be like yourself, Mm -hmm. who has a very small amount of time and is a very busy person, what would you suggest to them? I'm basically asking you what a superhuman recipe would be. Um, (laughs) Oh, gosh. I don't, I don't have a superhuman recipe. Okay. I, I've been practicing one small thing and I kind of apply it to everything in life okay. and it's, it's clearing blockages. So whether it's a trailer that has been sitting out in the yard for four months that needs to be moved or a, a dirt pile that needs to be cleared or flowers that need to be deadheaded, um, just clearing blockages, whether, you know, it might be paying off a debt or something. But um, I've learned that when you clear those blockages, it allows for energy to flow and more things happen. And so if something's bothering me, even in a small amount, I have to look within and figure out what is it that's bothering me? Do I need to move that out of my life? Do I need to move that chair into a different corner? Whatever it is, uh, small changes amount to big changes. So if you're seeking change in your life and you don't know how to make that change, start by flipping over your mattress, <laughs> something really small, but that initi- you know, that small change will lead to bigger change. Well, Kate, we've had a lot of guests on and everybody's answers are always good, but that one is a powerful one because it, it is even the smallest things. And that's what we keep coming back to are these small changes make a huge difference. And so thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to change over my mattress today. <laughs> I'm serious. I've been meaning to do that for a minute. So, I mean, how, how many people actually do that? Not You do? Okay, so everyone here does. The mattress guy told me do it on uh, the start of a new season. And then you'll remember. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I don't ever. I'd be surprised if you didn't flip your mattress tonight. Yeah, oh, I'm totally going to do it. That was not a joke. I'm totally going to flip my mattress. After this conversation, yes. Okay, I really appreciate you being here. You've been so much fun and so educational for us. And I hope that you and I continue our relationship after the podcast because there's a lot I would love to talk to you about. For right now, we're going to do a little something fun. If you would like, I invite you to do what we call the wisdom healing cards. It's a little tarot or tarot, wherever you're at in the world. What you're going to do, if you'd like, is to choose a card. And you can choose it in any way that you'd like. You can choose it by hand scanning, whatever feels good to you. Or if it visually looks good to you, if you want to just cut the deck and choose one. But I'll give you a few moments. And while you do that, I will attempt to play the singing bowl. I don't actually play it. I just kind of hit it to the side and then it vibrates. (laughs) Okay. Did you find one? I did. Wonderful. Can you, let me, I want to see it first. 
Would you like to explain to the listeners and maybe read them the lesson for the day? This one is a being in lotus position with a pretty lotus-shaped flower behind the being. And he seems pretty calm. It says, remain centered. Today's lesson would be to focus on conscious tranquility. No matter how stressful the day is, your intention is to remain centered and calm. Your goal, to learn that you can control your psychic energy. Okay, how do you feel that that resonates with what we've been talking about today? Well, a lot. As my role, it's hard to, uh, you know, remain logical. Emotions always get put in the way of if there's a system that works against me and I'm fighting for something, is what I'm doing right? And it seems like every single day I'm proven that what I'm doing it seems to be right to me and it feels right and he who feels it knows it. In doing so, I just have to go through the notions of remaining calm, remaining logical in in what I do, and letting the emotions carry over in other ways. Very well said. Thank you, sweet Kate. You've been absolutely a joy to have today in the office. Would you like to give the listeners a little direction on where they can find your information for Satori Wellness and maybe even find a list of the offerings Satori Wellness has, their educational things or what you may have in store? Okay. Yes, I would love to. Uh, You can find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash Satori Wellness Collective. And the same for Instagram. That would be instagram.com forward slash Satori Wellness Collective. Do you have a satoriwellness.com just straight away? Yes, we do have a www.satoriwellness.org. And so that's .org. And uh, you can find us on Weed Maps and Leafly. And all uh, uh, the last three of those, you can see our menu in real live format. And so you can see what it is that we are having an inventory currently. I love that. I love that you guys are on Weed Maps and Leafly because that's where I send a lot of my patients to. Great. Thank you so much for being here and making time to be on the show with us today to help encourage others to get one step closer to aligning themselves to their highest self mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies. And thank you, listener, so much for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Let's have a magical, wonderful day and try to make this your very best week ever. This episode has been brought to you by a cosmic flower.